This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show, live from the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge, our Monday night football spot. There is a playoff game tonight. The Rams and the Cardinals will get into that in just a little bit. But right now, pleased to have on the phone from The Athletic, Mike Sando does a fantastic job covering the NFL. You can find him on Twitter at SandoNFL. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate it. And I'll tell you, the timing couldn't be better. You know, you put out a piece, the the Sandos pick six. I was reading it earlier, ranking the eight NFL head coach vacancies by their appeal to candidates. And now we found out that, indeed, the GM position is open for the Raiders as Mike Mayock has been relieved of his duties. But, just going back to the head coaching vacancies, uh, Rich yeah. Masaccia has not been relieved of his duties. He had a media session earlier today. But as far as just what other NFL executives, how they felt about that position, yeah. being in Las Vegas, the Raiders have a quarterback in place, uh, how were they feeling about that job? You know, pretty good. I think Mark Davis is a, is a underrated owner, too. You know, there was some uncertainty for a few years, but it seems like He's been a pretty good owner. Obviously, got the stadium built. Was able to get financing for it. A lot of, a lot of owners can't do that. So uh, he does. He's seen as more of a positive than a negative. And I think in looking at the eight openings, there's really kind of three prime jobs, and that's probably Minnesota, Denver, and uh, Vegas, based a lot on the uh, ownership of the team. But you know, some other pieces on the roster, that sort of thing. And then you would put at the bottom Jacksonville and Houston and kind of in between would be those other teams where you've got Miami, Chicago, and, and the Giants in different states of flux. But um, I think the vibe around the Raiders is a lot more positive, too, just because of the work that Rich Passaccia and those guys did uh, to, to finish the season on a high note. It kind of cleared the the room of kind of uh, of the the stench really that was there after right. the whole Gruden situation right it, it it feels better now than it did two months ago oh no doubt no doubt it did it felt like it was a, a bad situation that was only bound to get worse but they were able to find a way to get 10 wins and make it to the playoffs and they lost but I mean they still were competing they had opportunity to win that game on Saturday against the Bengals now I wanted to ask you about the job that Bisaccia did because he he definitely made a good case for himself to stay on as the full-time head coach with what he had to deal with being a first-time head coach and still finding ways to get these guys to come through uh, and come together and be a playoff team. What did you just think of, just in general, the job that Rich Bisaccia did? I thought he did a great job. I thought he Mayock did a great job, too, just in their ability to handle. Derek Carr did, too, for that matter, just their ability to handle uh, you know, really tricky and difficult situations kind of with candor and just being themselves. I thought he did a great job, and uh, maybe that gets them an opportunity, depending on who they interview, but... Uh, He's certainly somebody you'd want to have on your staff at least as an assistant head coach slash special teams uh, because he showed pretty good leadership in a difficult situation. No doubt about it. We're talking with Mike Sando from The Athletic on Twitter at Sando NFL here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, you mentioned uh, the Vikings, Denver, and Las Vegas as the top three as far as the openings go uh, across the league. Why is Denver regarded so highly? Yeah, I think Denver's regarded highly because 
uh, oddly, they don't have an owner. They're going to have a new owner. It's going to be somebody with a lot of means this day and age to be able to buy a team. You're going to get somebody with deep pockets. So I think the assumption is that it will be a competitive process to, to bid for the team, and the owner is more likely to be at least average to good than bad. And then you throw in uh, George Payton, I think, is seen as a good uh, football person, as a general manager, somebody who's collaborative, good to work with. And then some pieces uh, uh, on the roster. You know, the defense has been pretty good. We'll see if that remains without Vic Fangio. There are some decent players at the skill positions there uh, between running back and wide receiver. Uh, and then Denver, I think, has a, you know, is, a, is a really good football town. Uh, that's a, probably a smaller component, but something you take into, into uh, account as you look at these different places, right? If you're going to Jacksonville and there's people in the stands with clowns, that clown outfits on, you know it's an uphill battle just to get people to come to the games. Right. They're playing <laughs> some of their games in Europe, right? Denver, yeah. you know that's a real football city. Right. No, it is. That, that's, a, that's a great point right there. And how challenging is the AFC West? When you look at, you know, potential openings and you see, okay, you got to go up against the Chiefs and Mahomes twice a year. You got to go up against Herbert and the Chargers twice a year. Denver, you're assuming that they're going to end up getting a, a pretty good quarterback at some point. And then you also have the Raiders. How much of a challenge is that for potential candidates as well? I, yeah, I think that's why a couple of them put, would put like Minnesota over uh, Denver and the, and the Raiders because – you do have to deal with Rodgers in, in the NFC North, but not not forever. And then the other teams don't really have guys. Maybe Justin Fields develops, but he's not somebody you're afraid of right now. So I think that is a that is a consideration. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere, right? He's going to be a top-five quarterback for a long time probably, and Justin Herbert looks like he is too. And, shoot, Derek Carr is the third-best quarterback in that division, and he – He'd be, he might be the best quarterback in another division if you, you know, looked around. So he'd certainly be among the top two in another division. So I do think that makes it harder. It's not a deal breaker when you're looking for a job. And realistically, for most of these candidates, you can't be that selective anyway. Right. No, that's that's a good point. And, again, we'll see how the head coaching position shakes out for the Raiders because nothing is set in stone. But one thing that is set in stone that came down just a little while ago from the Raiders is that Mike Mayock is out. And uh, how convenient you have a piece out on The Athletic that was dropped on the 11th about the Bears, Giants, and Vikings looking for new GMs. Well, now you can add the Raiders to that as well. And you had 46 names already in the pipeline. Who would you feel – uh, there's been reports about you know different guys from the uh, the the Patriots organization, the Colts that the Raiders may have interest in. But who do you think you know would be at the top of your list as far as uh, potential yeah. GMs? It's very hard to know because it's not just about picking players or personnel. It's really your ability to to lead uh, an entire diverse building and and you know you know bring together a lot of different people. And it's very hard to know if the pro scouting director can do that, isn't it? I mean, these are jobs where these are jobs where that's why you've seen some pieces even saying maybe you look outside the industry and find different types of leaders. I do think in general it's probably good to start looking at people that have been at organizations that you'd consider healthy. So I saw uh, somebody reported that they may look at Ed Dodds, who's been with both Seattle and both and Indianapolis. Yeah, if you like the way those two places have been run very collaborative between the head coach and the GM in both of those places, like extremely collaborative. They're, they're very friendly and work well together, and, and no one's out there trying to take the credit. I mean, that's a pretty good example um, to, have, you know, to, to have learned from. So beyond that, I mean, some of the first-time candidates, 
we know what the names are, but how, how would you really know, um, you know, what type of a leader they're, they're going to make? I think that's very difficult. It takes a lot of research, and that's why when I put together my list, I kind of look at who has interviewed more than me just saying it's these three guys or those three guys. I think the teams really have to look into them. Right, and that's the thing about it because uh, all the Raider Nation, I believe, really enjoyed Mike Mayock. They thought that he was fantastic, but they knew who Mike Mayock was from TV. Uh, a lot of folks love Lewis Riddick and that he was sure. a former Raider, and everyone knows him from TV. But like you're saying, you don't know. I don't know what Lewis Riddick is as a talent evaluator, but I see a lot of people pounding the table for him. But I think it goes back to your point. Do you really know what he's going to do? Yeah. And he does have a little bit of experience, but not a whole lot. Yep. I'll go through some of these names I got that have interviewed or are going to interview for some of these teams. So Adam Peters is in San Francisco. Been there a while. He's had a few reps at this. Uh, Brandon Brown is young from Minnesota, from, uh, not from Minnesota, from Philly. He's going to interview with Minnesota tomorrow. Has been with the Eagles. So you're going to have you know, somebody with the mix of personnel. They've been pretty analytics friendly there, too. That could be somebody to look at. Champ Kelly's been in the division. He's with Chicago now, but was with Denver. Really knows the lay of the land in the AFC West. I think that's somebody who's interviewed you would look at. I mentioned I mentioned Ed Dodds. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of a sleeper candidate. Uh, Jeff Ireland has been a GM before and has been with the Saints. And kind of when he went there, they, they had started to have some better drafts. They had that great Alvin Kamara 2017 draft. That might be worth looking into and someone who's done it before. A lot of times GMs get one shot and they don't cycle back through the way coaches do. That would be somebody. JoJo Wooden's been in the division there uh, with the Chargers, and he's getting a little bit of play. I think with with the uh, with, with the Bears, he had interviewed uh, Morocco Brown has been with the Colts along with Ed Dodd. So uh, Omar Khan been with the Steelers, good organization. Those are some people that we've kind of heard their names. I think you might want to investigate. Right, exactly, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Mike, it's it's a it's a tough decision that obviously Mark Davis has to make and that they have to feel comfortable with. But I mean, this is one of those if you've got to get it right because you're this is going to invest into you, in your organization for at least the next handful of years. I mean, if you don't get it right, you're going to set yourself back quite a bit, won't you? Yeah, you will, and I think you also have to look at what is the dynamic between the coach and the GM. Is right. the coach going to sort of? Uh, drive the car, right, and yeah. kind of like it was with John Gruden, or is it going to be the GM's going to help hire the coach? I think those types of things depend really on who who you can get and usually who you can get as a head coach. <laughs> what do you have to do to get that head coach, right? To get John Gruden, he held a lot of cards, so you had to give him everything. That doesn't mean you have to do that again. Right. If it's a John Harbaugh, if that's the type of person to bring in, may, you know, maybe he can get a little bit more. Uh, but all those things affect then who you uh, are going to get a GM. Right. No, I mean, that's that's the thing about it, you know, and, and I feel like everything needs to come from the top down. You know, I think I don't think it's a good decision business-wise to go and hire the coach and then make a decision on the GM. You know what I mean? So I think what they're doing right now is the right way to make a decision on the GM and then, you know, go with the coach next. And then, you know, the, just that process, I feel like it's better business. When you, when you look at the team, though, uh, as, as a whole – I don't feel like that they're a, a rebuild. I feel like they're a retool. They just have to kind yeah. of do some fine fine tuning. And I think that Las Vegas and what they have going, the new stadium, the no tax in, in the state of Nevada, I think they have a lot of things going in their favor where they could attract some good free agents if they need it. Oh, yeah. I, I think they definitely can. I think it's a plus. All that's a plus um, and puts them in a pretty good position. I think, like you said, it's, it's not a teardown and a rebuild. There's enough there. 
And also, if you come in as a coach and GM, I mean, you, you probably are going to have to make a decision on what to do with Derek Carr, but you get to kind of do that on your own terms to your own level, right? You don't, you're, you're not inheriting a fully guaranteed three-year contract. So that's an interesting component of this, too. I would imagine whoever comes in there is going to probably want him to be the quarterback. We saw, like even last year, uh, going in with Matt Ryan, right, Arthur Smith. He didn't want to be without a veteran quarterback. So that's probably an asset, yet you have flexibility at that position. What would you do with Carr's contract? I mean, because he has a contract, but he has no guaranteed money. So at this point, what would you do? You know, I, I don't think you want to go into the next year with a rookie or a free agent unless it's someone who's won a Super Bowl, which I don't think it would be. But uh, I, just how, how, how would you go ap- approaching that, that contract situation with Derek Carr? Um, well, you, he has one year left, right? Right, yeah. He in the last yep. year, so he has, he has one year left. And I think you have to – see what he thinks he is, right, and see yeah, where he yeah. thinks he comes in and then make a decision based on if you think that's reasonable. Because, look, if he, if he wants to go the Kirk Cousins route and hit the market or force you to franchise him, that's not a bad way to go from his standpoint. I mean, no. you can really – someone's going to pay for Derek Carr. Agreed. Uh, if, they, if they paid for Cousins, they're paying for Carr. So yeah. he – he has at the same time said, hey, I, man, I just want to be a Raider. You know, this is what I want to do. So uh, is there a common ground in there where, where you could see doing that? Because I don't think you want to have nobody, right? Uh, right. Or have, have it necessarily hanging over you the whole year. If it does, it does. And if he plays great and drives up the price, that's a good problem to have. I'm okay with that as an organization. Um, you know, if if that is better than entering into some ridiculous top-of-the-market deal. You're only willing to really pay that if you have to. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. You know, there's a lot of decisions. I think that Derek Carr is actually in a really good position, uh, a, good, a position of power even. Like I said, yeah. he has no guaranteed money on his contract. That's going to change before next year for sure, one way or the other, in my opinion. Well, Mike, fantastic stuff. Right on time, really. I mean, man, I mean, the pieces that you've been putting out are right exactly what Raider Nation needs to kind of get a good idea of who's out there, what's out there, what's available, what the scenario might be. So uh, we thank you very much. What do you have uh, coming out in The Athletic that, that folks should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I may do something. I had a piece today, uh, my pick six column, like you said, uh, looking at the ranking the eight uh, head coaching candidates, really got in-depth on the Dak Prescott play at the end of the game, too. (laughs) I may do something updating on the GM front. Uh, It's not fully scheduled yet, but I was just kind of looking at that. There's been enough activity to maybe give it another look. For sure. Well, you can find all his work on Twitter, at SandoNFL. And, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today on Unnecessary Roughness. Thank you. All right, there he goes, Mike Sando from The Athletic. I'm telling you, when things fall into place, that's why I love this job, because sometimes you just it's better to be lucky than good, and I just got really lucky. And I reached out to Mike earlier in the day just to try to go over the, the first article that I talked about, the, the eight uh, head coaching jobs that were open and just the ranking of them. That's really all I wanted to talk to him about. And then all of a sudden, boom, bing, bong, you know, just all of a sudden the dominoes fall, and then Mike Mayock is out, and he has an article out about the GM. So sometimes it might sound like really good pl- planning, but it's just, you know, you're better to be lucky than good. Uh, again, that, that fake uh, Ian Rappaport tweet is flying around Twitter. Uh, don't fall for a banana in the tailpipe. That is false. It is false. It is false. There's a lot of fake going on out there right now on Twitter. I keep seeing people retweeting it and saying, oh, man, these guys are dropping like flies. That one is false, and that one is about offensive coordinator Greg Olson. 4.15 is the time. When we come back, we'll take your calls. We'll read some more texts off the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, and we're doing it with Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 429 is the time. We're here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is our Monday night spot. We get ready for Monday night football tonight in action. The Arizona Cardinals and the L.A. Rams. All we want you to do is come on by, hang out with us, watch the games on some of the big screen TVs, and get prepared for wild card action. It closes out the super wild card weekend. Again, the Cardinals and the Rams in action on these TVs that are sitting directly behind me. We already got a bunch of fans that have showed up ready to watch the game, so all we need is you. So come on by. We're going to be hanging out here for quite a while. Holler at us at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge, Hotel and Casino is where we're at. Uh, right now, on the phone lines, we have our guy Vinny Bonsignor from In the Huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and also the Las Vegas Review Journal. And, of course, his show is not heard today because of Monday Night Football. But, Vinny, we do appreciate you uh, making some time to chime in on your own little time slot and hang out with us. There's been a lot going on today, man. We talked to Rich Basaccia around 1 o'clock earlier this afternoon, and then just a little while ago we found out that Mike Mayock, the GM, is, is in fact out as uh, the Raiders released the statement. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on what Basaccia had to say? Let's start with Basaccia. What are your thoughts on what Basaccia had to say to us earlier today? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously he, he faces an uncertain future. Uh, he understands that. Um, he's respectful of the process and you know what's going to happen over these next um, few days and and week or so, um, and at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I it wouldn't be a shock or a surprise uh, he, if he's one of the odd men out of the whole picture uh, when it when it finally you know comes into focus. Uh, obviously, Mike Mayock uh, was relieved of his duties today. That was one of um, you know Rich's strongest and ardent, most ardent supporters in the building. Um, so there goes a um, you know kind of a life preserver for him. Uh, it just seems like and it feels like at this point. Uh, the Raiders are going to look big picture and make some big moves to put this franchise in a position for to build off the success that they've had um, and, and what they're looking for, which is sustained success and not fleeting success. You know, and something that me and you, we exchanged text messages earlier before any of this news started to roll out, even before the, the press conference from Rich Basaccia, is that anything that the Raiders do, any move that they make is going to happen pretty quickly because they've got to, in better terms, they've got to keep up with the Joneses. They've got to make sure that they stay in the conversation with these other organizations that are out there looking to make moves in their front office and also head coaching. So uh, by this thing, by everything happening that happened as quickly as it did today, this shouldn't come as a surprise, right? No, and there's a draft, to, uh, a draft and free agency uh, to put together and to formulate plans for both of those. Um, you know, when you when you lose your general manager at this stage of the game, um, it's a it's no team wants to do that. You know, but the Raiders are thinking long term uh, as well as short term, uh, and they need to expedite the process of getting somebody in charge that's going to help them get through what what is a very critical off season because they're not far away. Um, and, and, and they need, they need a push. They need, you know, those extra pieces that are needed to get them to that next level, which they feel like they're pretty close to being. And how do you do that? You, you get your staff in place as quickly as possible. But at the same time, you don't let the urgency affect who you're going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to sacrifice uh, a great candidate because you try to rush through it. And here's the thing. I don't think that this is, something that the Raiders just woke up today and decided to do. So right. I'm pretty much sure that they've been doing a lot of homework uh, behind the scenes, not just for their general manager position, but for their coaching position. And so I think they're, even though the, the news came today, I think they're, uh, they're a couple legs up on this whole process. 
Right, no doubt about it. We're talking with Vinny Bonsignor from In the Huddle and also the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And that was something I've been trying to tell people for a while now is just because it wasn't out in public and because Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport were saying Mark Davis is interviewing this person or wants to talk to this person doesn't mean that stuff's not going on in the background. It just means that out of respect for a team that is fighting for the playoffs and fighting you know, to, to be competitive, he w- that wasn't going to be put out outside of the building. But they've been doing work in the background. Make no mistake about that, right? Yeah, you have to be, um, and and you know that's what the what the great teams do, and and the most sound organizations do. They they don't get caught flat footed. So um, you know, if there was one positive to to John Gruden's you know resignation in October, it's given them a long term time. Even though you know it's it, they didn't put it out there, and obviously there's reasons why you don't do that. Uh, you keep it on the hush hush and on the down low, and people work the phones behind the scenes and their sources. Uh, behind the scenes to try to get ahead of the process so that by the time the season ended, which whatever that might have been, yesterday, Saturday, next week, whatever the case was, uh, they would be ready to pounce uh, as quickly as possible and get a plan out there and start executing it to decide ultimately who their, the next football leader of their organization is going to be. Uh, so I don't think, for, you know, uh, I, I, if, if fans are worried about that like other teams interviewing candidates, you know, as, as quickly as, or as they have been for the last, you know, week or so, I wouldn't read too much into that in terms of the Raiders not having done their homework already and, and are, are in a pretty good position to get who they want when they want them. I agree 100%. And, and Vinny, something I've been saying, kind of a theme of the show today has been that the Raiders aren't in rebuild mode. They're just maybe in retool and fine-tuning. Fine but this team by no means needs to be broken down to the nuts and bolts, which I think a lot of people think is going to happen with a new GM coming in, with a new head coach potentially coming in. But that should not be the case. No, I don't believe the, um, you know, that 53-man roster is far off. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, that, that's going to be reflected in some of the streamlined sort of moves that they make that are they're going to identify a few positions of, of great need, you know, and, and attack those positions in free agency uh, and in the draft. However, I will say, I do think that their overall draft philosophy um, is probably going to get a major facelift uh, and retooling uh, and maybe an update uh, to it. And right, I think right. that they're going to they're going to really prioritize that somebody that that understands how to work a draft, how to maximize a draft. You know, if, when you really think about Mike Mayock's tenure um, over the last three years, yes, the team has shown steady progress uh, in terms of the record. They did make a, uh, a playoff appearance for their first time in, since 2016, only in their second in 18 or so, 19 years. Uh, but at the same time, you know, those two big trades for Khalil Mack uh, and for Amari Cooper, they really didn't maximize those trades, as it turns wow. out. Uh, they had all the arsenal there uh, to really, you know, uh, put this thing in the right direction or lift this thing uh, to a much higher level, and they just didn't. If we're being honest, you know, the yeah, the, Cle- right. or the, the Cleveland Farrell uh, draft. Um, you know, you can you can even point to Jonathan Abram. He hasn't developed into the elite safety that they had hoped. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs is a good running back, but we don't even know if they're going to pick up his you know fifth year option. And then the 2020 draft, frankly, was just a complete miss. And I, I, that was the thing for me when you look at that 2020 draft. Um, and, and I know John Gruden was part of it, no doubt about it. And he had final say, but you know, as, as his, as his top Lieutenant, Mike Mayock's 
faces on that draft as well. And it's just, it was such an inexplicable miss when all things considered, there's only a couple of guys left, even left uh, on that, uh, you know, from that draft class. A couple of guys didn't even, never played it down with the Raiders that were fairly high draft picks. We already obviously know with the Henry Rugg situation yeah. uh, and the Damon Arnett situation, it's just, you just can't have that. And that was a bad look and probably ultimately uh, what sealed the fate. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about it, Vinny. You've got to be able to hit in the draft. And when you have multiple picks, you really got to hit because you've got to have depth. And I think that if one thing we learned from this Raiders season, they didn't have the depth to compete late in the year when a cornerback goes down, when Trayvon Mullen goes down. Now you're getting guys off the Chargers practice squad. You're getting uh, old veterans to come in. And to their credit, Faison and, 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 uh, and also Trufant, they did an admirable job. They need it better. They need it more. You know what I mean? And, and the depth just wasn't there. So that's got to be something that they've really got to uh, focus in on as far as the, the front office goes is how to hit in the draft and how to create depth at a cheaper rate. Yeah, I uh, completely agree. And, you know, I, I think they're going to take a look at some models that have, that have worked the New England Patriots, the Cleveland Browns to some extent. Um, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, yes. the Los Angeles Rams. I think that there's going to be some some models that they look at and people that are part of those models uh, and, and, and really zero in on, on um, you know, on some of those candidates. I'm putting together a list right now, uh, and there's some intriguing, you know, names on it and people that I've talked to in the league that have kind of helped me out uh, with this list. So, um, you know, I think that uh, if the Raiders can, can hit on this, um, on this hire along with the head coach, and that's the question, you know, do you hire the general manager first, um, and is he going to be part of the decision-making process for the head coach, or is this a you know um, uh, a tandem team you know that comes in a general manager slash and along with the head coach at the same time? Um, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Right, and I, I agree. And look, this is the thing for me. I think you have to start with the GM and then work your way down. I just that's that's just to me. I mean, I I feel like you've got to start at the top and and work your way down instead of. Work at the you know from the bottom up, but we'll see how that shakes out. Let me ask you about this name real quick. Uh, Lewis Riddick is a guy that a lot of Raider Nation they love. A lot of Raider Nation knows him because he was a former Raider and because he's on TV. Doesn't mean that he's going to be a great talent evaluator, but a lot of Raider Nation really, really loves the idea of Lewis Riddick being the next guy. What are your thoughts on Lou Riddick? I don't see that happening. <laughs> um, number one, I mean, and you know you. You don't want to do the, the um, you know, guilty by association, but they went down the, you know, television analyst role, a road, um, you know, with Mike Mayock. It's just, it would, it would almost look kind of weird uh, if they did that again. I think there's some tremendous candidates out there. I'm doing this list, talking to some people in the NFL and, and, and you know, getting some names of some, some real candidates that, you know, have some merit and are being, you know, bandied about right now in the NFL. And there are some outstanding candidates out there that have done great jobs in their current positions with teams to help get some teams, you know, to, to, to great levels. So, uh, you know, I know that he's a guy that you see on TV, right. um, you know, for the fans, um, and, and, and that's great and all. Uh, and he's in your ear, and he's on your, on your television, and I'm not taking anything away from him, but um, I think there's, there's you know, um, there's other candidates out there. Let's just put it that way. No, I, I agree, and I like him a lot. Don't get me wrong. I really like him a lot. I love having him on the show. We've had, talked to him multiple yep. times. He's a uh, smart guy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that when the bullets are live, just like what we saw with Mike Mayock, that he's going to make the right decision for the organization. And these are decisions, Vinny, if you don't get them right, you set the organization back two, three, four, five years even. You know, if, if, 
based off of one draft, especially first-round picks, because you can have that fifth-year option. The Raiders are looking at their cupboards right now, and they're saying, man, there's a lot of bear right now, and that's, that's from missing out on draft picks. Yeah, and, and if you're the Raiders right now, um, I think you want somebody that's involved in it right now. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's not take, to take anything away from, from, uh, from Lewis Riddick, who I'm sure, you know, um, he understands what's going on and, and has a great eye for talent and, and all that. But, um, you know, I, I think that they're going to look, like I said, prioritize somebody that has either done it at a high level before or is part of, currently part of, somebody that's doing it at a high level. And, and there's so many great candidates out there uh, in that regard um, that, that I, I, there's not going to be any shortage of, of, of candidates for them. I think there's going to be a lot of exciting, enticing names that you're going to hear, and yep. I think it'll be really fascinating to see who they end up zeroing in on. Agree. Don't fall in love with the name just because, again, you see him on TV. And as Mailman Raider uh, pointed out on our uh, Salmon Ash text site at 69187, keyword R&R, Lewis Riddick was an NFL player, not just on TV. And, yeah, no doubt, he played for the Raiders. We know. I mean, I, I know the story. I know, I know the tying it in with the organization and everything, and it would be a hell of a story. But, Vinny, I think, again, uh, and I'm not trying to beat up a dead horse, I just think that you've got to have someone that's got some proven skins on the wall right now, not a guy that you're just taking a chance on because you know the name and he's got ties to the organization. Completely agree. And, uh, again, that's not taking anything away from anybody. At all, um, right. But, but, I, but I, you know, uh, you know, prioritizing somebody that's got their boots on the ground right now and has been a part of something, you know, whether, and, and you know, you, there's some candidates with the Steelers, the Ravens, the Titans, teams that are, you know, that, that, have, that have really made strong pushes and are, are part of winning cultures and winning programs and have done it over and over again. I understand what it looks like and what's needed and salary cap uh, and building a staff. And also, you know, you're, you're going to be whoever this uh, – Candidate's going to be, or whoever the, the the person is, they're going to they're going to have to manage people as well. So they have a staff, and and they're the head of that staff, and and they're the leader of that staff. So it's not just you know um, there's there's so much depth to this, and uh, and getting it right is critical. Like you just said, this is a huge decision because this isn't a major overhaul, but in some ways it's even, um, the, the, the sense of urgency is even higher now than it was when it was a major overhaul because the next few decisions, um, you know, over the next couple of years, and especially this offseason, are really going to determine whether, you know, this is something that the Raiders can truly build on or fall back off of, and you don't want it to be the latter. They've built something really nice here in Las Vegas, I think I, my plane ride home yesterday, there were a bunch of fans that were just so excited about what happened. They were headed back to Las Vegas. They weren't headed back to Los Angeles or to yeah. Oakland. These were fans headed back to Las Vegas. They're Las Vegas Raider fans. Uh, and, and, and more and more fans are catching on here in Las Vegas, and that's a very important uh, uh, momentum that the Raiders want to continue to build on. And so this next step for this organization is very, very critical and very important. Absolutely. Well, great stuff as always, Vinny. Again, I appreciate you, man, making way for Monday Night Football. Uh, you'll be back here on these very airways for In the Huddle tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, we do appreciate you. And uh, I know you teased it a couple times. You're working on a big-time piece on the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You do a fantastic job. Uh, what do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Well, there's a few story kind of one analyzing Mike Mayock's uh, tenure. Um, and, you know, out of respect to Mike, there were some good things that he did. Yes. There's no question about it. And this team doesn't make the playoffs uh, for the first time in, in five years without his help. 
Um, but then there's also uh, doing a, a list of some candidates to keep an eye on, uh, working with some people in the NFL uh, that have helped me put together this list of, of people that, you know, either they're hearing uh, or, um, or they know of as uh, candidates that the Raiders uh, should be looking at. Good stuff, good stuff. I like it, my man. Thank you so much. As always, uh, enjoy a little bit of R&R. I know it's not really going to be too much rest and relaxation because you know, you're staying on the grind, as always. But uh, you'll be back in studio tomorrow, and we appreciate you, Vinny. All right, man. Thank you, Q. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, brother. There he goes. Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Won't be heard tonight just because of Monday Night Football, so we had to bring him into the mix and get him on the show and uh, hear what he's got cooking and uh, clearly, he's got some pieces coming out on the Review Journal that you need to be on the lookout for. 4.45 is the time. We'll close up shop in a couple minutes. We'll come back. We'll get a couple texts, a couple calls. If you got them, smoke them, right? 702-365-9200. Holler at us. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The Judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. SYQ, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. All right. We're going to close things out from the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. I'm telling you, man, you know you got something good cooking when it goes by as fast as it did. I feel like I just sat down three hours ago, but I, well, I guess I did sit down three hours ago, and now we're ready to close things out. It went by fast and furious. That's, that's, that's the point of the conversation. 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Let's talk to our guy, Damon Oakland. What's, up, what's on your mind, Dame? Q Miles was popping, big dog. Chilling, man. Chilling. How you doing? Cool, cool, man. I appreciate uh, you and DeMond holding it down all season, man. Y'all did a great job. And I heard you say you're going to make sure DeMond pushes forward. And I can appreciate that, man. You take care of the little bro. So big ups to you for, you know, being in a position to do so and doing so. You know what I mean? Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. When we talk about these Raiders, though, <laughs> I, I, I'm really proud of what they did this year. You guys keep me out of breath. I'm out here hitting these weights. But, uh, what they did this year, man, they played hard. It was a tumultuous season, and they were really resilient throughout all of that stuff that went on. So can't be nothing but being proud of them. When you say that that you had Cincinnati fans tapping in, saying how proud they was of the Raiders, man, I wish all our fan base could have that much appreciation for our own team, man. You know what I mean? We, we need to get that together. But yeah. we, we pushed hard, and talking about all, like, like Mike Mayock leaving – like, this stuff makes me nervous about who's going to leave, who's going to come. When you said Olsen was gone, you said I was a fake tweet. I was like, damn, I, that, that's one I, I, I don't mind getting rid of. Because <laughs> he riding with the, the, the Gruden situation. And, and I ain't down on Gruden, but that, right. that playbook, 22 years old. Right. You know what I mean? We're yeah. we going to need some new plays and some, some new schemes and stuff to, to move forward. We got enough talent on this team that I know it's a lot of coaches out there chomping at the bit like, yeah, let me have this talent. We could take this talent somewhere. So we right there on the cusp. I'm hoping that we don't go about blowing it up or nothing like that. We just make some little tweaks and, and, and get it back and run it back next year. I think I think I think we right there, man. With with, with, with no problems like we had this year. We run it back next year with a couple of tweaks, man. We're gonna be in the playoffs and we're gonna make a run for it. So man, again, I appreciate y'all what y'all did all season and honestly, 
I'm gonna be with you, you know, all through hoop season. You know what I mean? All through baseball season and back through the football season. So, hey, keep doing what you do. Take care of little bro over there. Hey, we on. 100 from Oakland. All right, good call. Dave in Oakland right there. And I'll tell you, man, I agree, man. When Bengal, you brought up a great point. When Bengal fans are reaching out to me and saying how good of a job the Raiders did and how tough of a team that is to compete against, and they're giving me props about the Raiders, sometimes you got to think about that and give, give yourself some props. You know, give, give the Raiders some props themselves. You know, I know a lot of people are angry about this, that, and the other, but, man, you sit back and look at the grand scheme of things, man, that team did a hell of a job to get where they did. That's a team that you should absolutely be proud of 100%. Let's go out to Passionate Raider. You're up next. What's on your mind, my man? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, man. What up, Jamal? What up, Q, man? You know, great show tonight. Three hours did go by super fast, man. I was kind of dozing off, and all of a sudden, Mayock shit. Mayock popped up, and I'm like, man, here we go. Like I told you beginning of the year, Q, my dad told me, all he said growing up was, you'll never get nowhere. You keep changing coaches. Seems to seem that the, the, the recipe our whole life has been every four years, get ready for something different. I don't know, man. I'm still going to ride with my boys. Changes are coming. We all see it. It started. Buckle up, boys. Get ready for the offseason because it's coming. But you know what? I'm still going to be over here hollering Raiders. Who's ever under center next year? Let's go. Let's get it. Have a good night. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you so much for the call, Passionate Raider. I do appreciate you, and you're right, man. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And I'll say this, and a lot of people don't want to give Mark Davis credit for this. He tried to make sure that there wasn't coaching changes year after year after year after year. That's why he went and invested in John Gruden. And I actually got mad earlier today. I was watching my guy, uh, Cody Rourke, who does Locked On Broncos. He also does a show on Pro Football Network. He does a fantastic job. Cody's great. But he had a guest on today. And I meant to actually go on a rant about this throughout the course of the show, but this show went in different twists and turns. And the, basically the gist of it was the guy that he was a guest or had a guest on was saying that Mark Davis wasn't going to go out and hire a good coach because he's broke, which is 100% false. Mark Davis invested in John Gruden heavily. Mark Davis invested in Becky Hammond, who's the Las Vegas Aces now coach, heavily, making her the highest paid head coach in WNBA history. He gave an unheard of contract to Gruden. He, if he wants to, and there ain't no salary cap for coaches, and I'm not, I'm not talking to you. I'm just, it got me hot when he said that, so I had to chime in, and I never chime in on those kind of conversations because, look, it's not my show, so I don't want to be the, the focal point, but I was like, are you serious? Like, are you, you're, you're slandering a, a dude based off what you're hearing from a total distance, but you're not actually watching and witnessing and seeing what Mark Davis does. And then someone else chimed in, like, on the chat group saying, oh, that's why he eats at this place, or that's why he drives this, that, and the other. And I'm like, man, why are you all talking about someone else's pockets? I have never seen, and I'm not talking about anybody in Raider Nation, I've just never seen so many people so infatuated with someone else's pockets. But, they are, but the national, and I never really rip at the national media, but the outside forces are always so important, are always so, so interested and, and worry so much about Mark Davis's pockets. That man ain't hurting for nothing, man. Being in Vegas has been a huge investment and a huge uh, franchise builder for the Raiders. So don't don't make don't get it twisted. He might not be Jerry Jones, but he ain't he ain't you know he ain't eating top ramen meals for dinner. You know what I'm saying? Mark Davis lives the way Mark Davis wants to because he chooses to live that way. Everyone don't have uh, you know has to drive a, a a bazillion dollar car. Now if I had the money, I would because that's just how I live. But that's just, or that's how I want to live. But that's just me. If my wife had that kind of money, she wouldn't. She'd still drive a Nissan because she gets from point A to point B. I mean, that's just how people are. 
different drug uh, spoke whatever you know the saying damn i can't even say it it just it just got me so frustrated but thank you i'm glad you brought that up good stuff man let's hit up bryce in iowa real quick what's on your mind my man you spitting truth to end the show what's up q chilling man what's up with you appreciate it man thanks for having me on your show um you know, I've got to say it's a sad but not unexpected day in Raider Nation today. Right. But, uh, you know, first off, you know, hey, I wish nothing but the best for Mike Mayock. Stand-up, classy guy. Yep. And, uh, you know, if it means the same for Rich Bisaccia, then I'll echo the same sentiments. Really going to miss those guys, going to root for those guys in their future. But that being said, you know, hey, on, on Mayock's dismissal, I, I really see the criticism that he got for his higher-round draft picks, which is understandable. But one thing that I don't think gets mentioned, one thing I think gets overlooked, is that when he drafted those players like Furl and Arnett and Muse and Abram and Mullen, who was the D.C. at the time? That was Gunther. Gunther, yeah. Mayock, from day one, always said his job was to bring in players to help his coaches be successful. So unfortunately for Mayock, he was drafting defensive players for a poor defensive coordinator. So at the end of the day... Mayock did his job. Unfortunately, he only got one draft and one free agent period to work for Gus's defense. So I, I feel bad for the guy. I really wish that we would have given him one more year to see what he could have done with a consistent coaching staff without Gruden in his ear because, let's be honest, on the offense, Gruden was calling the shots. You know, Gruden was the one that wanted rugs over Judy or Lamb because he wanted to compete against the speed that Casey had. It was Gruden that wanted Lyndon Bowden for his Joker role, and Mayock fully admitted that they took risks during that 2020 COVID draft because he knew that they had drafted the previous year a culture that could handle a few risks. Right. You know, you had solid stand-up character guys. So, yeah, he rolled the dice on that 2020 draft, but, again, I think we're all looking at, well, he he chose so poorly in the first round here and let third-round picks go okay, but... Those guys didn't fit the scheme that he was drafting for, so I feel bad that Mayock is not getting the shot that he could to to really help out the team under Gus and perhaps a different offensive coordinator. So my heart goes out to Mayock. Would have liked to have seen him give him one more year, but hey, Raider Nation, it's time to go. we we got to roll with who we get next, and we'll still support him. So yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for the call, my man. Had to run real quick. I'm trying to squeeze in one more call, and, I mean, it's a performance – Based business, you know, uh, and you're based off of how everything shakes out, and uh, Mayock was uh, collateral damage to what and how it shook out. Uh, let's try to get Mark and Callie in real quick. Man, you got a couple seconds. What's on your mind? Okay, look, it's a great show. It's a smart show. You're running a great show. I love what you're saying. Get the proven GM. I love the – who said that the flight coming home, everybody was jacked up and happy? Who said that? Oh, that was show? Vinny. Vinny was saying that about Raider fans coming back to Vegas. Right, and Mayock can't blame. So whoever Mayock is, the issue is is that you can't blame Gruden for the first round, and Mayock's a hero of rounds two to seven. Exactly. No, no, no. Exactly. Great show. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Mark and Callie. I appreciate that. It's a great way to put a bow on the show, and we did it, man. We did it. Three hours long, three hours strong right here from the Oyo Underground Lounge Hotel and Casino. Monday Night Football's on your radio next L.A. Rams, Arizona Cardinals. We'll be back in studio tomorrow. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio, 920. We'll holler. It's in the huddle with.